that. I'll probably tape an intro later. We can keep it like this too. <laughs> like, we like, can keep it I like that. This. Slow, <laughs> slow bringing, bring us in. We're just like, yeah. chit chatting. We're just chit chatting. Oh yeah. Gonna kick open the beer. Roll tide. Roll as they tide, say. as they do say sometimes. Yeah, we've wanted to do this for quite some time. I feel. Uh, yeah. I don't think we could do this for quite some time. How many? How many years? Two years. Over two. Over two years. Over yeah. two. Um, it was going on. It was going on. Going on year three. Um, as of October nineteenth. Okay, so that was the anniversary. Yeah. So literally, as we record this, it was well, technically two days ago now. It's yeah. one twenty nine on a Thursday morning of October twenty first. If you're wondering, this probably won't come out for. Maybe two weeks, I would say. Eight, but, whatever, to special interests. Yeah. Um, we wanted to take the chance to do this while we were in person and just shoot the shit and kind of catch up and uh, talk about everything from old main wrestling to, I mean, where you're at right now. Uh, coming up on two years, like you said, with Impact Wrestling. Uh, didn't see you there much this year. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. No. <laughs> When was the first time that you felt like this wasn't going to be the avenue that worked out for you? Oh, it was definitely this year because, like, I never envisioned us not being booked. Like, even though we weren't always the featured tag team, um, I never foresaw us never being booked. Like, there was another tag team there that, like, I guess in... I guess in hindsight, but, like, not hindsight, like, because these are really good dudes, like, they were, quote-unquote, lower than us in the totem pole, so, like, they were beginning to be the team that wasn't getting booked all the time. So, it's like, they started slowly not getting booked, and then they got released. Okay. Then I was like, shit. Because now, like, there's no buffer there. Did you feel like you were lowest on the totem pole at that point? After that, yeah, because I just, the writing's on the wall. You can tell how they use you. So, nothing against those dudes dudes, because they're really good dudes. But, like, on television, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And and so much TV time is allotted for the fucking 17, can we swear this thing? Yeah. You know, so much TV time is allotted to the fucking 70 guys you have on the roster. You know what I mean? So... We had that buffer, but once they were gone, I was like, shit, dude, we need to do something. And then getting COVID, man, that was the worst. That was like the icing on the cake. Like, I was already getting worried about our spot because I felt like we're getting used less and less. And we're doing everything that they're asking of us, you know. But once we got COVID and then I had missed May... And then May I was the first one after. Because I did April. Okay. And then May, I got COVID on my birthday. Ooh. On May 1st. On my birthday. And then there was a loop in May. And then we weren't brought back for June. And I said, well, surely we'll be back for July. We weren't back back for July. And then we were back for August and then September. And I was like, well, all right, well, I'm starting to see the writing on the walls. I'm not stupid. Yeah. Um, and also, it get it just got kind of frustrating because just the way things were getting handled, and um, that I was telling you before we started doing this, like the straw that broke the camel's back was the August one where um, we were booked, and it took us off the week of the loop. So they call it we were booked for August, and they call us they were booked for August, and it was a Monday before we left. 
and we were taking off that. We were leaving on a Friday, and we were calling it a Monday, saying we weren't going to be on the loop. And what did they tell you? Like, plans just change? Creative is going in a different direction. Okay. Sorry. So that's, I mean... Which I understand, but... There's a... There's... There's got to be a level to this as a... Uh, as a performer, as someone who is uh, doing this as a living, where it's like... Uh, if you at least had a chance to prepare for something like that, you could get yourself bookings in that weekend to, you know... Right. Fill what you need to fill for weekends. So, like... Um, I can I can just imagine it's very frustrating. Like, are you? What's the process for you in this time frame? Like, are you are you pitching different ideas? Are you fucking like? What uh, I guess let me start here. Like, how did you feel going from primarily a singles wrestler to coming into the company and pretty much being thrown right into a tag team situation with someone who you don't really know? I don't I don't know. Did you know Larry that? Yeah, I knew I knew Larry. Um, I just. I started off so hot. I came in, I debuted at Bound for Glory. I was in the ladder match. I had a feature. Like, I, you know. Fucking I'm, crazy. I'm not even going to, like, that even. I'm not even going to front, like, one of the biggest moments of that night was me taking that bump off the ladder. No doubt. Like. Got played for a long time. Because I wanted to make a, you know, for lack of a better phrase, I wanted to make an impact in my yeah. debut. You know, and, and I did, fucking did because. There would be ECW guys in the locker room that didn't say a word to me. And then after I did that, they came up to me and gave, you know, gave me respect. And, they, and after that, it would have been cool. Like, who was cool to you, like, day one? Everybody was cool. Yeah. Everybody was cool. Well, who, I guess, like, who were you, like, who were you tight with from, like, early on in Impact? Like, were there... Um, I was tight with, obviously, Sammy and Sammy Callahan and Jessica Havoc. Um, I was tight with Eddie Edwards. Um... Eddie's like, he's like seen as like the Undertaker, and in the Impact Impact locker room, he's been there forever. Um, so he's kind of the guy like you run shit past, you know, because yeah. he has the most respect. Um, so it was guys like that, you know. Um, for for me, mostly it was Eddie because like anytime I needed something, because he was always one of the busier guys on the show. Like everyone else was always fucking busy, but. He would always have time to get a question and, you know, answer a question. Like, hey, what should I do here? What should I do here? You know? Um, But so I was tight with those people. So circling back, like, I came in with such a bang. And then all of a sudden, nothing. Like, I went to did that that match um, on pay-per-view, Down for Glory. And then I think I wrestled Moose, my first TV match. And then um, after that... You know, I wasn't really doing much. And then I, um, uh, was like, okay, well, Larry D's here now. Larry D gets signed. So, and I wasn't doing shit. So I'm like, maybe that put us in a tag team or something. I'm thinking, like, we're the, we're the two big guys, two big new guys. Um, and they weren't doing shit with him. Like, he was just kind of there. And, um, Did he get signed the same night you did? No, he got signed... Probably a few months after I got signed. Okay. Um, so, and that's kind of how that happened. And I, like, honestly, at that point, I felt out, because I was like, as soon as you get a thing, a, a contract, like, 
maybe it's just my own paranoia. I thought I was already stepping on eggshells. I'm like, fuck. Okay, I'm not really using mirror. Like, after Bound for Glory, like, I started so high. Now there's not, nothing going on. Shit, shit. I gotta think of something. So I'm like, what if what if we put the two big guys together? Yeah. Then, we, then that would be like a tag team force. You know, the, the big guys. Um, and um, we'll call it, we'll call each other. We'll call our team Triple XL. Uh, and it'll be write, written out like XXXL. We'll say it like Triple XL. And that's kind of cool. And um, Jimmy Jacobs liked the idea. And he liked the name. Yeah. So, um, and then he kind of just put us together. And then, I would say off the races, but I was like, we didn't do really that much. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestled the machine guns. That was cool. That was yeah. fucking cool. Like, I'll <sighs> preface all this shit by saying, like, I'm not downing my time and impact. I just wish it could have been better. It was still huge for you, but yeah. like it just, yeah. I don't think it, uh, I don't think it panned out the way that any that, of us really expected. Right, you know what I mean? Right, just, right. Um, like wrestling the guns was fucking sick. Like, that's cool. I never thought I'd ever be, get to do that. We got to wrestle um, the good brothers, and that was cool for what it was. It was like fucking two minutes, but yeah. <laughs> you know, that shit like that, it was cool, but um, because when you go on TV, you want to be seen in the best light possible. So if you're working with the guys who are, "Quote unquote over," um, that helps you get a little bit of a little bit of rub. But the, also the other thing, uh, aside from those guys, that's that's nothing to do with them. The way I was, what I was mostly frustrated about was like, we're not. How do you like? We're not being booked like a, as a strong heel tag team. So like, how do they know that we're not going to be good as a heel tag team? We're wrestling in front, in front of nobody. Yeah. How do they know? Like at this point, for lack of a better phrase, we're we're just fucking doing. Who can do the best moves? So how many fucking... How many matches do you think you... Like, roughly, do you think you had in front of people for Impact? Like, like a TV... T- TV. Like, not the... Ah, uh, fuck, man. Probably... I don't even know. Um, like, under 10? Probably, like, in the, between the 20 and 30, maybe, okay. I think. I think. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what frustrated me the most. It's like... You know, I, like, I felt like we weren't really getting a chance either. But it's like, we're wrestling in front of nobody. So imagine if we had people, like, if there was a crowd here. We could be the most over-fucking tag team on the show, but nobody knows because now all we're yeah. doing is wrestling to see who does the best wrestling moves. Talk to me about that. What's the, I mean, like, because there was a few months I feel like everybody, like, had time off. And you were also not back in Maine yet, right? Right. And, uh... What's that period like when you're transitioning as someone who's wrestling on TV in front of people, probably wrestling in front of packed crowds most weekends, yeah. to now we're doing fucking, like, tapings in front of the boys or no one? Like, what's, what's that? Dude, it was shitty. It was shitty. And, like, I'm very real when it comes to, like, the perception of myself and whether what I'm doing is good or bad. It's like, yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not a guy that's going to keep blowing smoke in my own ass. Um these days, because I understand the business now. Like, I don't... Um, I'm, not, I'm not that much of a head case. Uh, so, that all sucked, because now... you got to find a different way to get over. Um, whether that be social media, or... You know... That's basically it. But the fact of the matter is, like... Now, we're not wrestling in front of people. So, like, what are we... Like, how are we really gauging who is quote-unquote over? Right. You're, and, I, like... It's, at this point, it's fucking who you know and who's going to put you on, um, on on the big shows. But even then, it's like, we're wrestling in front of nobody. So it's like, this is really even a big show. Like, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, I'll get the views online, which is cool. But 
Um, it can't be the same. Like it's, it's not the same. It was so it was so different in every perspective, and I think especially just there's a there's an aspect of everything you lose without there being that live crowd to feed off of in big moments, and just it's much different. Uh, yeah. I, you appreciate it when it's back now. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck, it's just it's crazy because it was uh, there was so it felt to me, and I want to talk about your first T-shirt in a second. I don't want to forget that. <laughs> but uh there was it felt like there was so much hype around the start of you being there and like you said that fucking ladder match like that was that was everywhere and it felt like bam like he fucking you had that viral pounce on the indies yeah. and that kind of that got you a ton of traction and it felt like this was another moment that's like all right this dude's already going to gain like traction in this new spot on national television uh what do you think of the first impact wrestling produced Ace Romero t-shirt Oh, dude, I thought that was a rib. I wasn't even sure. Because here's the other thing that happened while I was there, and I'm going to be 100% fucking transparent on it. Like, I, uh, I, <laughs> used, as, as embarrassing, but I don't care. I'm just being real, so fuck it. Um, I used to have a, a fear of flying. A very bad fear of flying, because before I started, like, flying all the time, I didn't, i never flown. So, I would obviously fly a lot um, these last few years for wrestling. Um, so I kind of got over that shit. But to make a long story short, I never, um, the opportunity never arose for me to ever leave the country. So uh, I didn't have my passport. So I signed with Impact Wrestling and I got my passport right away. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, one of the loops after my debut, the passport hadn't came in in time. And the one fucking time the impact went to Canada outside the United States was that loop. And the last two fucking years that I was there. Damn. I got so much shit for not having my fucking passport. And yada, yada, yada. And I should have known better. And how long have you been wrestling? Like, da, da, da. But I don't give a fuck. Like, I didn't have it. Okay, don't have it. What do you want me to do? I filed for it as soon as I signed the contract. Um, so I missed that loop. So... I thought the fucking shirt was a rib because it was, I thought it was horrible, but I felt like I was already going to be already exiled because I was a dumbass, quote unquote dumbass. And I didn't have my shit together because I had a passport. Um, so I thought the shirt was a rib. It was a fucking baby that looked somewhat like me. I had my name on it. I think it was a parody from some movie. I don't know. Uh, it was what I heard, but <laughs> yeah, not good. I want to shift a little bit from like, Sticking in like pandemic era wrestling, which is like such a such a weird and like learning experience for everybody all the time. But like that's around the time frame like you had moved back home. Actually, let's start there. It was kind of going order. So this is before any of uh, like before you get COVID, yeah. before uh, you think about wanting a release from Impact Wrestling. Uh, you do decide to relocate back home from Ohio. Yeah. Or you were doing a job. Where the fuck were you at the time? So once COVID started and it was like everything was in lockdown, um, I took a job from um, Sammy's brother. He has his own security company. So for like, like six or seven months, I moved to... Um, to Aberdeen, South Dakota. Uh, I did a security job for this 
company. And basically all I did was I would sit in the truck and I would just sit there. I know you'd literally send me pictures of you like outside an SUV or some shit. I'd be like, what are you fucking doing? In this cornfield. Security, brother. So what we were protecting was those giant, you ever seen those giant propellers? Like uh, Like a windmill. Those giant windmills. So we were were protecting or guarding, quote unquote, we were guarding those uh, blades. People were gonna come take the blades. They no think? one was gonna come take the blades, but that's they were just trying to I will, make sure. Are you sure it was worth, the blades though? Yeah, it was worth. They're worth a lot of money. Yeah, they're they're huge. We literally like I fucking always wonder like with places like that if they have security so people don't come take like the batteries or like a converter. Or Whoa, some shit. the battery! But the batteries are huge. People are stealing catalytic converters on this road. Oh, I believe it. It's fucking nuts. Um, so I would protect the, we would protect the batteries and the propellers. But the guy said, like, they never had an issue in, like, five years on that lot. Wow. So, like, we were doing... That's like a ballsy... Like, that's a process to go rip a propeller from somebody, I feel. <laughs> uh, listen, I don't know. I was just there getting paid. Because I had nothing... Wrestling had virtually stopped. Yeah. Um. So, I did that. And then, um... Uh, I went back to Ohio after that. And then I was like, alright, this is enough's enough. Like, I don't even know... What like I'm not sure when the world is. This is when everyone had the doom and gloom, and the world was gonna end, all that shit. So I was gonna be like, oh well, I should I should probably be closer to home, um, and end up working out. I found a spot, moved moved my, uh, um, I shipped some stuff, and then I just flew home because at that point I didn't have a lot of like a lot of like uh, big stuff. Anyways, I just had like I lived a, I lived very much the professor life still lifestyle so I just had like my TV and like yeah my little shit I wasn't lugging home furniture you know what yeah I mean? just like essentials that you can move easily yep um when did so when did you move back like December December okay yeah. so this past December yeah I cause I hadn't I hadn't been to a Christmas in two years prior to wow being home and then I and, I, and then I fucking come move back home and I still can't go to Christmas because it was the middle of COVID oh shit yeah yeah Damn, we're not kicking the balls. Yeah. <laughs> when did you When did you start seeing your mom again? Because you didn't see her that you saw her maybe. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I started seeing her till like the springtime, wow. early spring. So I yeah, I had been home for a few months, and like the most she could do was call me or like drive by my house and like talk me through her window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so it was rough. It was like it was a hard because you, I couldn't go anywhere. Everything was, f- was virtually closed. Yeah. Um, and I'm home. I can't do the, any of the holiday stuff. I can't see my family. Um, and there's no wrestling. So like now, I'm, and the only wrestling I'm getting is only pay I'm getting is from Impact, but that stopped in April. Right. You know because. Uh, Getting COVID in May. Yeah, so that was only a few months of your time here. Yeah. Um, in general, like we're we're fuck almost. You're almost been back a year. Are you yeah. Are you happy with the decision? Yeah, I'm happy. I, I think I would tell you like when I would do some of the indie shows when you first started coming back. I was like, it feels feels weird. That I'm not going to the airport in the morning. Yeah. Like I, I felt kind of cool. Of, oh, I get to be home because I haven't been home and I haven't been like home home and. I've been living at home for a few years now. It's going on a long time. You were gone. I mean, because you went Rhode Island and then uh, yeah, I went from Ohio, right? Yeah, I went from I went from Florida to 
because I moved, I moved when I was like 19, 20 to Florida. So I did that, then went from Florida um, back to back to Maine for a little while. Um, and then I moved back, then I moved to Mass, and then I moved to Rhode Island, and then I moved to Ohio. Right. And, and I was in Ohio for three years. And then you went to fucking South Dakota or some yeah, shit. I moved in South Dakota. Yeah, and then, wow. So yeah, it had, I mean, it had been a while, like it's, I mean, what's, uh, because you started coming to the dojo pretty frequently once you once you got up here and got settled and everything. Um, what was kind of like the vibe for you? Like, how did it feel to be around? Because I, you had never been around when anything was going on up here school wise, or like uh, even like the the smaller shows, like the student shows or uh, Let's Wrestle, which we haven't got back yet. But like now you're doing. Uh, we were talking about it at dinner. The, you're doing the fucking some of the indie shows there around Maine again. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the general feeling kind of coming back into the community? It feels good to be just wanted. You know what I mean? I think like, as I don't, I'm not sure if it's even wrestlers, but just as performers, you're like, you have that drive to, or that need to have constant attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't have that, it's like, oh, what do I have? I have nothing. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's something that's personal or, men- or mental or whatever with, with, with a person. But, um, it just felt good to be, people were happy that I was around, you know what I mean? Because I yeah. didn't have that. I was very much very alone and um, being home felt good because once I was able to see people and um, and be around people, it put things in perspective too because wrestling won't be around forever. So it felt good to, feels good to be home around my family and it feels good to do some of these local um main shows other than limitless it feels good to do those shows because i sometimes it just feels good to be around with your friends you know what yeah I mean? kick back and do this wacky thing called professional wrestling <laughs> you know what i mean wacky is right <laughs> wacky is right not that i'm trying to get deep on here right? no no it's true uh i feel the same way going to those shows and i feel like I feel like a lot of those shows you also see someone that you haven't fucking seen in years yeah. and like uh with how many people you know we lost over the past couple years it's like it's good to see these fucking people yeah you know what I mean? yeah and i don't have like the paranoia of having to like i have to be somewhere i have to be in another state because that was always my thing like i can't stay stuck in one place for too long because i'm gonna become stale or stagnant i need to i for the last 10 years of my life 10 years, 11 years of my life, I was always on the road moving. I was moving or I was in transit to move somewhere all because I wanted to become the best wrestler that I could. Um, so it felt, it felt good just to, just to breathe and relax and just be like, okay, I'm, I'm, my career is what it is right now. And I've sacrificed and I've paid my dues. Um, so I can, now I can live at home comfortably. Um, but I can see my family whenever I want to and go visit them. Um, and now I can still do my bookings and yeah, all that stuff and not have to worry about like chasing, chasing the dragon, as I say. Yeah. You know what I mean? The dragon that is professional wrestling. Crazy one. Uh, what move in general, like whether it be Florida, Mass, Rhode Island, Ohio, what move do you think really impacted you the most career-wise, or even personally, like, which one sticks out to you as the move that was the most important in this whole process? I, th- 
People will look back and say that they, they think Ohio was the most important move because that's when I got signed. The most important move I did was Florida. First. Yeah. That was because that... I was just a main. Like I could have been, you know, how the scene was back then. I could have been very well <laughs> stuck with all those meatballs. You know yeah. what I mean? I could have very well been one of those guys. Um, that was the most important important move because I recognize at such a young age that if I want to get better at this, I can't do it here. Yeah. Because there's no one here to, that's better than me. And back then, I, I like there. I there are guys that I've been wrestling for a long time, and not to toot my own horn, but like I wasn't. Nearly as dog shit as some of those guys. I'm not saying I was the best guy, but at that level in that time, like I wasn't the shittiest guy on the show by any means. Right. Um, but I knew from you know talking to people like you need to wrestle people who are better than you, and, and you, need to go, you need to go to a good school. Um, so that that was a pivotal move, <clears throat> I think. That was realizing that um, if I didn't do this, I could screw myself in the future and it ended up paying off because it did it did multiple things it made me grow up faster it made me feel comfortable without being being comfortable being alone and being away from home and responsibility and and um living on my own and and figuring out stuff for myself you know yeah um and that's a part of life and part of growing up and that sometimes you have to be thrown into those situations where you just pack up your car and you pack up all your shit and you drive from Maine to Florida by yourself and never, ever really been left out of Maine ever. I would go like New Hampshire or Mass. Yeah. Other than that, it's the farthest I've ever been. Like, I remember leaving the, the day I left. It was on a Saturday. I, I drove from Maine to Connecticut. I got a hotel. That was as far as I could make it. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Like six hours? Yeah, that was as far as I could make it. I said, screw up getting a hotel. Uh, and then the next day, I manned up and I drove from Connecticut to Savannah, Georgia. Okay, that's a bit of a drive. Yep. Yeah, it was a long ass day. Yeah. Um, and then the, that next day after that, I made that. Because when you, when you get to... F- I was living in Tampa at the time. So when you even cross into Tampa, then the Florida line, it's another five hours. So... Fucking Tampa. Yeah, it's at the bottom, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah or like it's in the middle, but so it's far. Yeah, fuck. Um, so, yeah, but it made me grow up, and that was the most pivotal move to, to find a better school um, and be around people who were better to me. That 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 would in turn make me better. Did you look into anything other than Devon, like the the fucking Dudley School at the time? Like, was there anything else uh, piquing your interest that you almost did? <laughs> yes. You know, it I mean, was called Florida Championship Wrestling. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I know this fucking one. Yeah. Um, the old WWE or F? I think WWE. WWE. Um, WWF. Developmental. I know. I wasn't around that. <laughs> I wasn't around at that point in time. Um, yeah, the old WWE developmental, and <laughs> that's why I moved to Tampa because my homeboy was moving down there, and he was like, "Oh, I need a roommate. You want to come down here?" And I was just like, "Oh, there's a wrestling school." I looked up all oh, FCW, so I figured that I could start. I went on the website. I figured I could train in the beginners class, do the intermediate class, get to the advanced class, and be on Raw in no time. Solid plan. That's how my mentality was. I didn't know. I was ignorant. Of course. Um, <laughs> so I drive all the way down there. I move all my shit down there. I um, probably like a couple days later. I go. I go. I drive to FCW, and. Um, I get out of the car. I notice all these luxury, luxurious vehicles, and SUVs parked on the side of the building, and I, I see the doors. They're blacked out, so you can't see in, but you can probably see out. 
and I was wearing swimming trunks, flip flops, tank top, and a backwards hat. Swimming trunks, yeah. brother. What are you doing? Yeah. What was I? What was I thinking? <laughs> I don't know. And I take a couple steps, and I realize this is not for me. I turn around and say, "Nope, get back in my car and drive away." So you had that. You had that amount of respect for the business. So you said, "I am not." I just think I was a pussy. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, Surfer Boy AC is not going to walk in here right now and embarrass himself. Like I, I don't know what would happen if I walked in that day. Like I didn't even. I didn't even have the thought to like maybe call them and set an appointment up. You know what I mean? Like what normal people would do. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, hey, hey. So then I was like, "Shit, what do I do?" I'm <laughs> living in Tampa now, and that was that. My whole thing was the train here now I'm definitely not training here because I can't even open the door <laughs> um, and then I found out I found the Team 3D Academy school and that was in Orlando so I would drive I would drive an hour one way five days a week until I finally moved to Orlando how long did it take you to move to Orlando I was probably probably doing that drive for six months and then my 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 friend that I was living with he Got a job with the LA Lakers um, in production, so he was. Oh no, shit! Yeah, yeah. I did not realize that was who that was. Yep, yeah, yeah. So he bounced. He's like, "Well, I, I gotta go," you know, da da da. Um, and I just happened to be this wrestler type house that lived five minutes from the school, and somebody was leaving, so there was a room open for me, and I kind of just swooped right in. It was like very weird happenstance that everything kind of. Dangerously and like weirdly worked out because like I could have been homeless, you know what right. I mean? Like because you know I'm I'm so young, so it's not like I have a shit ton of money either, you know. Um, so I, I ended up moving there and um, working at a gas station at Circle K, doing the overnights in the sketchy ass neighborhood. Like I don't know if I even told you this. So I I lived so it was like my neighborhood that I lived in, which was sketchy. The gas station was even sketchier, and then like three minutes up the road, it was the the wrestling school, which was behind a gym. Um, but one time I was working in the afternoon at that Circle K, um, and somebody came in and they were running away from these six other guys because he had stabbed one of them, and he came behind the counter with his bloody knife and was hiding behind me. And all these dudes came running in. I was like, and they were yelling and screaming. And this guy had his bloody ass knife. I'm like, oh my god, something's about to go down right now. Like, what I, the fuck? it was so sketchy. They were all speaking Spanish, and I, everyone, like, they, like it was a sketchy situation because everyone looks at me and thinks I can speak Spanish and I can't, even though I'm, even though I'm Cuban. <laughs> so like, they're yelling in Spanish. I have no no idea what the hell they're saying. This guy's holding a bloody knife, hiding behind me. It was a mess. I had, I had, somebody ended up calling the cops. and But the funny thing is, it was like a normal thing around there because the people that were in line just stood there and stayed in line. Oh, my God. Because they were waiting to cash out. Well, they must have known they weren't going to do any damage to them. <laughs> they must have been confident. Like, yeah, it was sketchy shit, like, uh, being down there. Like, uh, there was just drugs and prostitutes always around. Like, it was a bad neighborhood. Um, and now here I am, a kid from Maine who's never been out of the state, really. I'm living down in this crappy, shady neighborhood. Um, Into the thick of which, I, which, I, which I found out that they they were selling heroin outside that neighborhood. Out of that neighborhood. There was a big heroin, heroin bus. Oh. Like a couple doors down from me. It was, it was Good sketchy. All this for wrestling, though. All this in the name of, in the name and love of wrestling. Yeah. So I worked... And you had, to know about, you had to know about this at the time, too. You're living in this shit. Yeah. You're, you're seeing it every day. Yeah. I, and I would work... So I'd work the overnights... 
from like eight to seven in the morning. I would leave. I would get out of there. I would um, go from right there. I'd walk over to the gym and I'd work out, and then I, and then I'd work out till like I don't know nine or whatever. And then I would wait, and then like the like D bomb would show up around ten. So I'd do class um, till like four, and then after that um, I would go home and sleep. And wake up around eight, or wake, wake, wake up around seven o'clock and go to work and do it all over again. Wow. Yeah. So then, I, but I was trained five days a week too, in between all that shit. Wow. So it was an experience, but it helped. It helped shape who I who I am as a as a wrestler and a person today. So uh, we'll go from a house of wrestlers to Wrestle House. Tell oh, me God. about Wrestle House. That whole experience. What did you think of that? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, we shot everything in two days. Believe it or not, everything. Yep, wow. everything. So all of all of the wrestling matches were shot on the same day. Yeah, and it was um, probably about ninety five degrees in Chattanooga, Tennessee, outside because they were filming it outside um, underneath this like like WrestleMania style like, like a can- a yeah, but it was like high up and it was it looked like a mini WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but so we would do that. And then, like, and then, and then one day we would film all of, like, the talking scenes. Um, and it was very cool. Um, very, like, it was cool that I got to show, like, a different side of my personality. I got to show my, I got to show my personality. Um, the whole process was awesome. Everyone from top to bottom, from the production um, to the, the, the cast. Like, everyone, it was, everyone was super cool. Um, we got to do a... My first ever um, cinematic wrestling match in the in the house, and that was on the finale. How long did that take to film? Fucking four hours. Wow. Four hours of film that, and um, <laughs> the segment was only like nine minutes on TV. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? They cut anything cool? No, but it's a lot of it's like stop, start, stop, start, stop, yeah. start. Um, we like, film everything from different angles, and like, man, it was a it was a chore. But it was like it was cool because it was something other than wrestling in front of, and we weren't wrestling in front of fans anyway. So and at at that point, we were the only ones doing something different like that. On Did television. you get a good response from that? Yeah, 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 very much so. It was very cool. Who was uh, who was like instrumental to you when tra- and this could be for Impact or MLW even. Uh, who is kind of instrumental to you? It can be a couple people of helping you adapt to the TV style because really, like I believe before MLW, had you ever done anything that wasn't for like a was anything like directly for TV? Um, Maybe no. House of Hardcore was uh, they were doing like internet pay per view. Yeah, deals. but that it, TV TV is still way different from what I was doing with with uh, House of Hardcore. Um, and even MLW was very, very much laxed um, as far as like the t- the TV stuff. Like before I went to TV, I'd never heard of the term break spot. Have you heard of that term break spot? I don't know. Uh, so basically, that's like the wrestling spot you do that that you t- you tell your agent. That's so the break spot is the commercial break. So you're working towards in the front half of the match, you're working towards that break that break spot, and they then they, they cut for commercial. So then, once they say you're back live, you just basically start wherever you want, but it doesn't matter because it was a commercial. So you can start in the headlock or... Okay, um, anywhere you want. Yeah, yeah, so basically they'd say, I look on the board and I get to look on the board and they'd say, 
uh, triple XL and so and so. You got four in the front, three in the back. So I have four minutes till break, and then when they come back on, you got three minutes. Three to take it home. Yeah. And then uh, is that something? So is that something that uh, was adapted? Like, is that something they use all the time, or is that yeah. adapted? That is okay. Yeah, that, that, that's how they that's how they shoot their, their, their television um, and their pay per views. Um, obviously, there's no break, but the time has to be yet to be right on time. And <laughs> the funny story is, so I didn't know shit about anything. I didn't know shit about shit. And I'm wrestling Moose on my first, like, my television debut. Um, and, um, he, uh, he hits me, like, we, I do my dive on him, and then, like, I'm firing up to the fans, and I, he turns around, and he gives me a shot, and he fucking throws me into the post, and that was our break spot, right? So, when we're calling it, he's like, yeah, so, like, you can just, after I hit you with the post, and we go to our break spot, you can just roll back in the ring. Like, he doesn't have to go up and get me. Because it doesn't matter. No one sees it other than the live crowd. So, like, he rolled back in the ring. And he just waited until I rolled back in the ring. And then, they're okay, they say, say okay, you're, you're back in three, two, one. And so, we're going, we're going, we're going. So, I'm like, come back on him. And I kind of do a running splash in the corner. And the referee says, stay. We're in a replay. I'm like, don't do anything. We're in a replay. Like, what do you mean don't do that? So I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm so confused. I'm like, just standing in the corner, like hugging him, because referee said, "Don't do anything." We're in replay. Oh, I'm shit. like, what? What does that mean? And then like, ah, oh, dude, it was a nightmare. Please don't do anything, bro. It was a, it was a nightmare, bro. Like I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, got through the match. Like it wasn't like bad, but people were like. Were you thinking out there or something? Like, what was you? You seem kind of off. I'm like, yeah, because I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, a referee's telling me not to do anything in the middle of my comeback. Like, because they're just in the replay. I didn't know. I didn't know. I had no clue. No clue. Did you? Uh, did you ever feel like uh, like you got a feel for kind of that presentation? Like, what? How long do you feel like it took you to get in the groove? Um, probably a few, a few loops. Because the other thing, like, I would talk to. I talked to some people that were there, like, there's no, that have been there for a long time, there's no house shows to practice any of this shit. You're basically taking an indie wrestler, putting them on TV, and expecting them to know how to do all this shit. And when, if they give you three minutes for this match, you have to go three minutes. No more, no less. Right. So, even if, let's say, you're tired, you have, you can't stop, you have to go. Like... That's a that's a part that I learned from um, that's obviously different from indie wrestling. It's like you can take your time, let things settle, and and whatever. But like on TV, it's like they don't even care. You gotta go, 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 and it feels weird putting the mask together because you feel like you're not even like. It feels like you're just doing like a couple things and you're ringing the bell, go home. Yeah, which is very bizarre. But when you watch it back on television, that's just that that's the format that works. Like this match only got four minutes, so you have to do four minutes, and those four minutes have to include entrances too. So you got to think, okay, that's like a minute from entrance, and now we get two minutes. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's definitely it's definitely stressful because you have your agent and the referee's here, and like my boss, like Scott, in the agency here, or someone like that, or like a Josh Matthews or somebody. You know, they're in the agency, the agents, the referees there, referees telling us like, yeah, so you know it's coming from someone. You know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you you think you're. Like, every little move you do is being scrutinized and watched. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you do something wrong, like, that, you're there. It's like a chain of effect. They just, like, it's like a snowball down the hill. Like, they tell, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, until it gets back to you, and you're like, oh, shit, like, better do better. Or, 
to tell you, take it home. You better take it home right away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's cool. To, it was definitely it's a good experience to to know all that, like to learn because um, the higher up you get, like that's what you're gonna have to deal with. And, yeah. And it's even different if it's live TV. Live TV is way more crazier. Um, because now there's now there's very little room for error. If you're taping something, you know this. You can cut whatever and slice it up if you have to. That when it's live, it's live. So that's a different animal all in itself. It's a whole different element to everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me what you think about meeting Chris Hammer for the first time the other day. <laughs> so that guy's a he's a ball of joy. Is that a, is that a thing? Ball of joy. He's a very. Um, He's a ball of energy is a better better phrase. He's very, um, he's very Chris Hammerk. Yeah, he's his own. <laughs> like dude. he's a good old Southern boy. Like that he is. Still can move in the ring like a badass. Like, like fucking he was arm taking drag. arm drag. Woo! He was taking arm drags. The guy's like in his. I think he's in his fifties, right? Yeah. Um, if he's not, I'm sorry, but I think he's in his fifties. Um, like I couldn't imagine my my stepdad taking arm drags like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, he's a good dude though. He's cool to have around. I yeah. only met him a couple of times, but um, just you ended up tagging with him. Ended up tagging him. Him and Brian Malonis. Yep, yep. Yeah, that yeah, was fun. You know, local local indie show we did. Um, but yeah, it was cool. So he's one of the boys. What's been uh, what's the match that sticks out to you since you've been back in Maine? Whether it's uh, a smaller show, a student show, any of the shows that you've done in the state. What stuck out to you so far as the one? The one for what reasons? Good or bad? Both. Oh, um... Geno's was fucking rocking a few weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, man. I... It's a very loaded question. I know. Um, Lots to dig into. Just as much much as there is good... There's some bad. <laughs> of course. Um, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings to you. So um, let's say, let's say like for personally, um, that Gino show was a little, uh, little off the rockers. It was wild. It was wild. It was, it it was, was wild. The crowd loved everything. The crowd was there for everything. Um, wild crowd that night. We had people spitting, and it was <laughs> cold yeah. out here, and just people, women are spitting ringside, and there's beers flowing, and yeah, Gino's is nuts. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a show. Yeah, but above all else, even though like my match, I felt was um, personally, I thought it felt it was less. Stellar, you know, working with working with new people, and that's to be expected. It's a learning environment, especially on a kind of show like that where it's a smaller crowd. The crowd loved everything. Like they did at the end of the night. <laughs> I mean, that that's important. That's, that's very important. at the end of the day, we can scrutinize and pick our matches apart till the cows come home. But the crowd likes it. The crowd likes it. They're so, going crazy. Like if 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 some if someone goes out there and, and you watch it, and like oh that was a stinker, but the crowd fucking loved it. Who who might have said that that was a bad match? Right. You know what I mean? If the crowd loved it. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You've been around <laughs> yeah, You've been around these these local main parts and see what goes on other than, you know, um, your own product. So you see, you've seen what happens. I love it. Yeah. I, I, listen, I love it, too. I love being around it because this is, this is at the end of the day, it's indie wrestling. So there's going to be times where things are less stellar or 
or, or what have you. Like, it's indie wrestling, so it's yeah. supposed to be fun. You know what of I mean? Course. That's what I'm driving at. I had a lot of fun. Uh, our boy Raft did a show a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Used a lot of students on it as yep. well. I had a blast there. I had a blast watching you at the in the place in Brewer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love I love just being around, especially when I have to like I use these local main shows to kind of like fill fill in stuff I need to fill in in between other stuff that I'm doing, uh, and so it's cool that like, I don't have to travel far. You know what I mean? I can be home. Yeah. I can I can still see my friends and 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 still make money. So, so it's you're doing good. stuff in New England though. I mean, for, yeah, you're yeah. you're in chaotic re- wrestling regularly. Yep. Uh, I think I saw you at uh, what was it New England All Star Wrestling as well. Yep, yep. Um, there's some other cool stuff that I can't talk about right now because I'm not sure when this is gonna. Happen. I know, but you know, but, pro wrestling magic too in yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, there's some cool shit coming up for you. I can't uh, can't divulge yet, but I'm very thankful and lucky, and I can't wait to tell you know see everyone's reaction to it. Um, How afraid are you of flying still? Oh, I'm fine now. Now you're good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good now. Good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing. A couple of white-knuckled flights back and forth from L.A. to Boston. We'll get that out of you. What's your worst flight? Um, well, so, honestly, I haven't had many, in the grand scheme of things, never had any really bad flights. It's just, like, the people sometimes can make, make the make-or-break-a-trip. Make like... Oh man, I used to be, I used to be so paranoid because I'm, I'm a big guy. So like, I would always, <laughs> I always have to have this thought in my head that like, if they would, someone would see me sitting in the, sitting in the row they're in, then they, they'd be like, well, they make a big scene and be like, I don't have to sit next to this fucking guy. <laughs> oh, but like shit. the, 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 the seats are small to begin with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're tiny for any, for even a normal sized person, but um, They're trying to fit people on this plane. They, yeah, they, they pack them in like slugs. You pay for the comfort, my friend. You pay for the comfort. Um, but, you know, I, I never had any bad flights. I had one flight where, like, the weather was really bad. And they were, like, telling us, you got to turn your phones off. Um, you, you need to be buckled up. And, like, they're like, we can't come around and check your phones right now, but we're going to use the honor system to make sure your phone's off because the visibility is so bad. Um and it was bumpy and it was pretty scary and um I'm like damn I want to be and I was almost home too I was flying into Portland I think and <laughs> I'm just we're going we're going it's cloudy 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 the clouds break and there's the fucking ground right there wow. I'm like holy shit and then we land wow it was the scariest thing ever because it's just you've been on a plane it's clouds yeah. clouds clouds usually the clouds break and then you see like you're so very high up. <laughs> that was like, holy shit. Like, there it was. The ground was right there when the clouds broke. I'm like, wow. And they, that, there was that, that not knowing what, you know, obviously they're professionals, but I wonder if that was a serious thing. Probably not, but I'm sure it happens all the time. But that was like one of my first things I experienced. I was like, holy shit. Jeez. You know. What would you be doing if you weren't wrestling? Like, is there, uh, was there ever another thing that you were passionate about that there was a profession for potentially in uh, I have a few things um that I would dabble in or 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 do I used to work um as a cook um at uh Longhorn Steakhouse laying down the meat 
When they down to me, bro, I was a corporate trainer. Um, Ooh, that sounds official. Yeah, oh yeah, I was. I had the, had the red hat, and everyone was wearing a black hat. I had a red hat. <laughs> um, I'll be damned. Yeah, uh, I made really good money. Um, I had worked at the company for probably 12 years, something like that. I gave up a really <laughs> good paying job to move to Ohio. Oh, shit. Yeah, um, I was making really good money there, and I, I was like, I'm moving to Ohio, and I have to give this job up. Um, so I would probably be doing something like that, and or, um, not that it's a really a, a job per se, but there's something about that's in, in, intriguing about stand-up comedian uh, comedy. Who do you watch? Oh, man, I watch... Um, I watch Tom Segura. I watch um, Joey Diaz. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, I watch um, Burt Kreischer, um, Sal Volcano. I know them all. Uh, Chrissy, uh, Chris DiStefano. Um, so there's a few that I like to watch. Uh, but I don't know. There's something about this that it's, it's very similar to wrestling. That it's all about timing, and you're yeah. This, this would be comedic timing, but um, wrestling's obviously emotional timing and, and all that stuff. So I don't know. But base like the base thing, I probably be doing something with food um, and serve in service management, something like that. You're the one who turned me on to that fucking Gordon Ramsay show. Great show. Which what is it called? Hell's uh, Kitchen Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares. I can't believe you've never seen that before. Uh, I had definitely like I had definitely seen I knew of it. You know what I mean? But I hadn't really sat down and watched one ever. There's a lot of things you have never seen that pissed me off. I yeah I guess so. There's I a lot of have things. not seen the Squid Game yet. You haven't even seen Ghostbusters. That's true. The original. I know. It's still yeah. Don't get don't get sad. <laughs> it makes me upset to this day. Um, but yeah. Uh, I love to watch the Gordon Ramsay shows. Also, maybe I maybe I would have dabbled in being a singer. I was gonna suggest I, I, got, I got quit. I got, some, some people say I quit the pipes. You've laid it down at Mad Cats and Company a time or two karaoke <laughs> night. Yeah. What's the fuck? You pulled out some country classics. Oh yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that you like country music. I, not I never liked country music ever, and then. I don't know. As I got older, I it grew starts on me. to hit. I was I grew up with it with my parents, but like uh, I I always like Rascal Flatts, right? Mm-hmm. Great band, great band. Yep. But I never I, as a kid, I'm like Jesus Christ. Like my mom fucking likes this band, and I guess <laughs> I gotta <laughs> listen to it. But like I don't really like it at all. Mm-hmm. And I once you live a little bit, yeah. I start to say, all right, motherfucker. Like, yeah. I, I see what you're trying to say to me, <laughs> and I there. will listen to this song on repeat on the way home. I've you know what there. I mean? I've been that. Damn. You listen to you like, I get you. I get you, Luke Bryan. I get you. Luke Bryan. I he understand was, what you're saying. Wasn't he popular when I was in high school? He's still when, popular. He's he's extremely popular, but I mean, like that was the all the girls in high school were all about Luke Bryan. You know what I mean? I used to. Uh, town. I like to watch him on American Idol. Is he a judge on there? Yeah, no him and um, uh, Katy Perry and Lionel Richie. That's insane. Mm-hmm. What happened to everybody on that show? Why did I, they... I think it still runs. No, I the show is still there, I'm sure, but like uh, the original cast, Simon Cowell and Randa Jackson. No, oh, I mean, they're all bigger and better things. I, I, what's that? <laughs> bigger and better things on the X Factor. Right, is that what they're on? Yeah, they're, that's a, that, or no. So they went to X Factor, I believe. They're doing um, 
uh, at least Simon is, he's doing America's Got Talent. Oh, interesting. That's one of the actions. That's a good branch. Yep. Well, no, not anymore. It used to be. Now it's just like, they're just doing whatever they can to keep that monster alive. Did you fucking see, uh, I saw it come up. TMZ's been popping in my feed a lot lately. What are they doing these days, TMZ? Well, they're still reporting on stuff. I see it on there. What are they reporting? Uh... There was a, I believe it was, jeez, we're doing a podcast here, bro. <laughs> Butterfingers. <laughs> Dropping pieces of the truss on the ground. Uh, I saw, uh, I watched the video, it was crazy. They, uh, it was, I believe it was for America's Got Talent, they were doing like, uh, rehearsals. And they had this dude who was in a straight jacket and he was suspended in the air. And there were two, st- like, cars that were on each side that were going to be released in the air as well, that were going to swoop towards him in the center. And it was his job to free himself from the straitjacket in time to not be hit by the vehicles. And guess the fuck what? The spring, there was a timing issue, and homie got hit by the fucking cars. Wow. And fell right to the ground. And I, I don't even, I don't know his status. He was in critical condition, but alive, according to TMZ. But like... I just, I was like, holy fuck. And oh, I've seen some blunders on that show. I I need to, like, check this show out. It seems crazy, like, some of this shit. Sometimes fucking shits and gigs, I'll go on YouTube and I'll put up America's Got Talent Fails. Huh. And, see, and see, like, all the <laughs> the things that people almost die doing. Because it's, some of the shit they do is crazy. I've it's seen, so crazy. I've seen, like, these trapezes, trapezes, I'm not sure, trap, these trapeze artists. Trapezes. Uh, I've seen some guy... Gonna flip his girl with a hand from this bar and drop her on her head. Like, oh my god! <laughs> and this is live. Is this live in front of people? Like it's live in front of people. It's live to tape. I'm assuming. Except oh, for yeah, li- yeah. They, have, they do have live shows, but I don't. I, don't, I think that's maybe just voting. I that's know. crazy. I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, but some of that shit makes it to air. If it's too crazy to be making that shit there, the one show I've always wanted to do and never that um, I never got on was Survivor. What? You want to do Survivor? Yeah, I've always wanted to do Survivor. Is that why I fucking... You stayed at my house one time and I came downstairs and I just... uh, We're watching like, how do you survive a spider bite of this particular spider? And And then it flips to like... Gina, this Italian grandmother who's ah, making up uh, making up the pasta. She was <laughs> it was like an I instructional watch, video. I watch a lot of weird shit. Well, but I'm just saying wormhole. I'm just saying that you it seems there's pieces of everything here. We got like cooking and survival. Yeah, you're yeah. you're planning for this simultaneously while you're wrestling. So that maybe they looking can for, intertwine. I'm looking for my out, my out from wrestling. <laughs> it's survival. What do you uh is survivor has gotta be a big cash prize, yeah? Uh, I think it's still a million dollars. What uh, is that still go? Yeah, it still goes, but they now they instead of going thirty nine days, they drop it down to like thirty two days. Guess I guess the extra uh, seven days is too hard for us millennials. Those millennials. Wow, I don't know, that's just thirty two days. That's just my theory on it. It's a month and a day on a good month. They used to do thirty nine days, two months. Thirty nine, thirty nine. I guess that's fucking pretty close. But still, yeah. I think. Well, I think I, in my opinion, I think what was happening was that the uh, sh- the, the season was just too long. Oh, okay. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So they, now, and then now it's less states so they can cut it up, so it's not. That's just... been going forever, that show. Yeah. American like... Idol, too. American Idol was hot shit when I was a kid. Did you know that I tried out for The Voice? I did not. Yeah, you know the show The Voice? What did you... St- well, yeah, of course I do. You don't know the show. Do you know the show? I do. It's that's the a- other American Idol. Yeah, with the Cherry's Turn and Blake Shelton. Yes, yeah. that's the one I was just going to ask. He's on one, too, where it's just yeah. like, they're going to listen to you, yeah. and I don't know what the you blind, look like. The blind auditions. Yes, and then yeah. if, I, if I fucking want you... I audition, yeah, I auditioned for that show. Who would be your ideal person to choose you for their team? So back when I auditioned, the judges were... Um, um, Adam Levine from Maroon 5, uh, Christina Aguilera, CeeLo Green, you know, you know oh, that guy, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. and Blake Shelton. Now, wow. if I had to pick, like say, I never made the TV, I made, I actually made, I made it three rounds um, in the, the crap shoot called the auditioning, where they just cattle you through and like, and then like they, 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 they make you feel good about yourself and do really well, and then like, they end up <laughs> cut, cutting your brace off and getting you out, out of the building as fast as they can. Um, I made three rounds and I got cut. Um, so I never made the TV. But if I had, if I had made the TV, um, I probably would have picked uh, um, Adam Levine if you picked me. If Ooh, okay. Yep. And then probably CeeLo would be my second 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 judge or um, Blake. So nothing to do with Christina Aguilera. Oh, dude, she's out of my league, bro. I, I would, I, I wouldn't. It's be, not about that. It's. Just, I mean, out of my league. The singing competition for te- Christ's sake. Technically, and and the way her style of singing, yeah, she probably be obviously she'd be able to help me, but like I'd probably be too intimidated. So I honestly thought Christina Aguilera. I thought Blake Shelton would be higher on your list. I wasn't a country boy then. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. What were you singing? Oh, this is embarrassing. No, uh, I I sang. Um, um, Stevie Wonder, I just called to say I love you. Wow. And no, I will not sing it on the show right now for you. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> Live in front of people is the only way you perform. Right? This guy, you know what I mean? I can't, it's gotta be the right setting. You perform that every round? Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, and the third, I think what, what screwed me is the third round I sang the song and then like, the judges were like, oh, give us something else. Like, nothing else prepared. Oh. And so I tried to sing something else, I don't remember what it was, and they're like, all right. Thanks, but no thanks. And they cut my brace off and they rushed me out of the building. Out you go. Out you go. Mm-hmm. I did that audition in New Jersey. Oh, so you're traveling there. Yep, yep. My brother took me. Wow. Yep. How old were you? Uh, yeah, I want to say it was in between me moving back from Florida. So I'm probably like 22. I just turned 21. So 21, 22 around that time. Okay. How long have you been back? I met you fucking August 2013. How long have you been back from Florida? <sighs> two, I had, was there for two years. So 2010, um, I started in Massachusetts in 2008. And I was there for about a year. And it was miserable. Um, and then uh, I took like a little bit of time off. And then... I moved to Florida, probably 2009-ish, going into 2010, 2010, 2011, and then I was back in Maine for a little while. Okay. That's when I started doing the IWE stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I th- was that your first weekend? That one where that was in the fucking Pickering Square, the bus stop? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was wild. Wild to think Nate Speckman wrestled on that show. Yeah. We had yeah. no clue who he was. Shout out to Nate, Nate Speckman. Nate Speckman, the god. Yeah, you, he. I want to put something on the record for you, Nate. I know you listen to the podcast. 
Ace really tried hard to get you booked at the expo show. Like, so hard. Wouldn't leave me the fuck alone about it. I just didn't know who you were yet. <laughs> I said, he's the best. I said, I don't recommend duds. And I said, <laughs> I said it to you still to this day. Anytime I put anybody over for them to come work the show or if they're any referee or, or what have you, I was like, I don't, I don't recommend duds. Have, and have I, and have I, have I proven that to you that I, it's true? I believe so. Yeah. No one, I mean. Uh, I do want to say if I had known he was one of the things. From the Pickering Square show, could have changed things a little bit. Yeah, because I I met Nate obviously back in, in Maine, but then I, when I was in Ohio, um, I would do um, uh, AEW in Chicago, yeah. and lo and behold, Nate shows up out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell? How are you doing? fucking crazy! That you uh, how the hell? You, what do you do? What are you doing here? Yeah, um, that's wild. Did you like? Did you know it was him immediately? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you knew him well <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> I probably I probably used more expletives. I was like, you know, what the hell are you? Like, what the f are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figure you're still somewhere in the backyard wrestling, you know, with your brother. Right, right. That's crazy. And he became a ref out of it. Yeah, and he's a good, good ref, great ref. Uh, talk to me about Joey Gleets. You liked him a lot. You would yeah. always, you would always request him for yeah. your matches. I'm very. You've come to know. I'm very picky on who refs my match. Hundred percent. Because like the referee can make a brick a match, like. And plus, more often than not, if you have a bad referee, they're just in the way. Yeah. And they're, and they're very much ruining the timing and the flow of things. Um, man, Gleach was the best. Uh, he was... Uh, he, he always had my matches. He never... He never... <laughs> I was going to say, he never messed up anything once except for that one match with A.R. Fox and Orno <laughs> and the fans winning the weapons. Oh, no! And Fox hits me with a... This crazy coast to coast front flip, fucking Rob Van Dam there with a trash can, uh, and covers one, two, and then, and then <laughs> I don't, and I don't kick out. And you're, oh damn it, damn it, damn it! I'm so fucking sorry, damn it! <laughs> and Fox hits him, hits him with the four fifty right after, and covers one, oh, two, three. Shit. Oh my god! I don't even. <laughs> I was in the back of the room, stunned. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. The match was so good, and like, and shit, well, shit's gonna happen. Situation like that will happen. You know what I mean? There's some, they're unavoidable sometimes, and um, some of the best referees in the world do that shit all the time. Course. You see it on TV all the time. I uh, do, um, you do. But yeah, he, he was the man, and that most importantly, he was the man. Like he was a good friend, and um, yeah, I mean, I miss him to this day. I wonder what how it would be. Um, him being here today, having the school and stuff, and you know, because he wasn't around for the school, right? He was. Maybe he I was around, around for the school in its infancy, uh, probably like the first uh, year and a half to maybe two years that we had it open in that region. Um, it's crazy. He's been gone about a, over a year now. Yeah. Uh, so a, a little bit of the like the start of the dojo, but he was. He came up a few times. He'd come up with, like, the Fairfield crew who would come up and catch a ride up and hang out and just like Beavis does time to time. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, I think the thing that, like, is such a bummer is, like, I uh, I wish you could see what Jason is doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> his, his son is, like, training with us right now and is doing... Killing it. Extremely well. Uh, and he was, like, he was super... I think flattered that uh, his son wanted to do like the kind of somewhat of the same thing that he did. They both refereed on shows together to start with, and then 
Both wrestled at some point too. Joey Gleese was wrestling a little bit here and there. Oh yeah, I remember him He's doing fucking crazy. Doing the mate. I mean, I only ever saw him do the Mason X thing where he'd wear that jumpsuit. From oh yeah, he did do that too. Fireball yeah. Foreman too. Yep. Tell me, I mean, describe the Mason X suit like you did earlier tonight. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I was saying to to Randy, if the people are listening right now, um, I used to feel so bad because we would do the IWE shows and. Um, Eric Johnson, uh, shout out to Eric Johnson. Um, if you're listening, we know you are. Uh, he would he would bring his giant, this what they called the gear bag of doom that probably weighed seventy pounds of just like random assortments of shit that was used and like hand me downs and like who knows if it was clean I don't know. Um, but they they just pull out this crusty jumpsuit and they just give it to a random guy or like a new kid. And give him the mask and, you know, that was, like, one of the things that Gleets would do. Because he loved, like, he loved wrestling. Like, he was a good referee, but he also wanted to be a wrestler. I, I knew that just from being around him. Um, the thing I miss the most is he was just so damn funny. Like, he was hilarious. Like, he, <laughs> we, 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 I would show up for, like, a Fairfield loop, Fairfield and Brewer loop for IWE, and he'd be one of the first ones there, and... The ring's just getting there, and it's just like, God damn, I'm gonna do this fucking ring crew. Nobody's here. Like, I already pissed off. Like, the day, like the day just started. Like, it's the ring truck just showed up, and he's already pissed. But like, in an endearing way, like just, just all oh, there goes Gleets doing that. But he was such a hard worker. Like, he, he he would put that ring together by himself if he had to. Like, uh, he would too. There's a lot of occasions where it was uh, him and like two other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he'd have no problem with it. He'd be, he'd be swearing the whole time, but he'd have no problem with it. Um, he would... Uh, <laughs> I think one of the things that was funny about him, especially like early on when we were both there, is how short of a fuse he had sometimes yeah. with some people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like coming unglued sometimes in a match or if, like the the ring breaking especially would just set him... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody didn't set the fucking board on there, right? And he'd just... Because he'd know he'd have to climb under that motherfucker and Eric would be, oh, shit up! <laughs> Eric would be super chill and Gleets is losing his fucking noodle. In the middle of the show, mind you. Middle, yeah. In between matches. We're, we're impromptu. Oh, shit up! And he's under there underneath his... Dusty ass ring. Damn it, we need to get fucking two by four boards. We don't need these fucking pallets anymore. <laughs> he'd come back from from the he'd come back through the curry and just cussing and like Oh yeah. Something's going down. He's gotta go fucking ref the next one. Um but yeah, he he, he would be happy to see um what his son is doing um as far as progressing in wrestling and stuff. Who are your uh who are your favorites from the IWE early day era in the state of Maine? Well, uh, who are my favorites? Yeah, um, people, people you worked with early on that you liked, or, or the people that you like. I'm interested in both sides of it. Like, who who sticks out to you as someone that you feel is, like, an important part of the journey in some way, shape, or form from early Um, Definitely Gleets, obviously. Um, Eric. Definitely. Was an important part of the journey um, in the beginnings. Uh I think we have to. I think we have to give a little shout out to Roblox. Rody. <laughs> Rody, fucking Rody. Leatherhead brother. Back in the days, eh? Um My favorite promo is still the uh, 
<laughs> it was in Old Orchard Beach at Jimmy the Greeks, <laughs> and you guys come bursting through that fucking def- like old, old deformed kitchen. <laughs> Leatherheads, Leatherheads, can I get a word? And fucking, you're talking, and Roadblock showing off the tag team title, and he looks down. Shit, I got it upside down. Fucking turns it back <laughs> over, represents it to the camera. Totally sells on his face too. Like, oh, 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 that's, dude, that's comedy. I mean, not 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 to mention what accent was I putting on back then? I had some kind of like. Brooklyn accent that I was putting on. Yeah, it was something to it. it was... Um, <laughs> um, that was the fun of it. Like Tony Atlas. Tony baby. Man, he was fun to be around. Like he was, he was wild. You know, I had spent many a car rides with him, where he <laughs> Silent Graves would yeah. be driving, and be like me, him, and Tony, and <laughs> Tony would sit in the passenger seat, and Silent Graves would be driving, and he'd be driving normal. He'd be driving normally, but then like. You know, he'd start to speed up or like switch lanes fast, and Tony would lean over. You okay, kid? You okay, kid? Slow down. You okay, kid? We're, we're going to get there. Slow down. <laughs> uh, you know, that was fun. Um, uh, very early on, too, but I, I think he I think he qualifies for this. Adam Booker. Hell yeah, absolutely. Yep. You and Adam have always had great matches, too. Like, from great, the Thatcher's dude. days yep. to... Anything Thatchers. Remember the dude? We had me and Booker had some of the craziest matches that no one will ever see. Our most hard hitting matches. Did you? Okay, so when when did you guys wrestle first? No clue. Okay. Um, so let me ask: Was the first time at Thatchers? Do you remember that? It could have been. I remember us wrestling at Thatchers during like a program there in that <laughs> that freezer garage thing. Yeah, the with loading a, dock where like <laughs> that the floor was like a, like a hill. It was literally on a slant. So like, you'd run the ropes one way and you kind of like go down a hill. You'd be yeah, you'd be going downhill then up. Come back and running up. Running Unless up you hill. went the other the other side, it's like you're running on a fucking roof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it must have been for uh, that that company that like Joe McBrady, Adam Murdoch, mm-hmm. Sean. Yeah. yeah. Um, what the hell? Pro Wrestling Society beats me. It was PWS, definitely. Um, they had you guys wrestle a few times, right? Yeah, like that that whole group of guys, like Booker's and like um 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 Owen Brody. Yeah. Um. Ethan. I can't think of his. B A Tatum. B A Tatum. I can think of a stage name. B A Tatum. B A Tatum. Um. Guys like that, they were like cool to be around with because I was just breaking in and really getting into like the scene. I love that they're like still around and not. Uh, they've also transformed themselves a little bit, like especially yeah. like uh, Tatum and Brody over the past like year. Tatum has really embraced like being a character more. Yeah, that's, that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And those were those were guys I feel like a lot early on. You were on a lot of shows with them, like yeah. uh, wh- whatever shows that they were around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're a good group of guys to hang with and roll with. They, they kind of took me in because um, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about anything back then. Even though I probably thought I did. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about. I'm interviewing you, you now. What, what was your first uh, opinion or your first take on Ace Romero? <laughs> uh, I think we've talked about it before on here. Uh, I thought you were kind of a prick. <laughs> I just like <laughs> you you carried yourself very highly, you know, and uh like weren't uh weren't saying hello to many people or shaking <laughs> anybody's hand, just hanging out with your little crew of yep. your 
super lucha explosiva guys, you know, and um, I just, I didn't know shit at that time either, that was, that was literally like, that show at Pickering Square was the first show that I ever helped out with, so, uh, <laughs> I didn't know fucking shit, so I was being, I was kind of being told like, yeah, this guy's kind of cocky, or this guy's like this or that, you know what I mean, but I, was, I started like paying attention, and I'm like, yeah, I guess he doesn't really, like, say hello, you know? <laughs> he kind of does his own thing with that random blonde girl who was managing <laughs> you at the time. Um, but uh, you... I got to know you, like, pretty soon after you started, like, being consistent. Like, I feel like it was a couple... Like, it had to be that, like, winter. Mm-hmm. That fall into winter is when you started, like, doing stuff consistently with IWE. And then you were actually... You started, like, coming on the loops and, like, hanging out with, I was, like, I would usually crash at uh, Alexander Lee's place with Miyagi and Wild and uh, whoever else, you know, Will Dojan on occasion. And, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we gotta talk about that. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it out there. Okay, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, so, the, the, bat, the, the backtrack a second. Yeah, I was a prick. But also, like, I don't... I, I, I want to believe that it was never out of malice. I just, it was two things. A, it was my own like insecurities and like um, maybe feeling, in, uh, always wanting to feel um, adequate and fear of feeling inadequate. And two, I know I had really good training. Um, so I was coming back and, and it was the shit, the shits of the indies. It was, but the people I was around, like I knew that I was better than all these people. Um, and so much so that like I even when you said that that Pickering Square show and, you, and people would say I was cocky or like I was a jerk like I remember wrestling Primer and <laughs> and we were booked for like eight minute match or something like that and I was like yeah maybe like well maybe we'll just do like I don't know like five minutes we get in there I'll just squash you and then like <laughs> do, do that, like basically like a squash match basically and uh, you know one two three and they'll take it home. Uh, <laughs> I remember Primer being like, well, maybe we shouldn't do a squash match because I like wrestled down the road uh, in Bangor like so for IWE, so I don't want to do a squash match. People know me. I mean, that's just me being stupid, like just like thinking I was the man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the nights over at, at Alexander Lee's house. Like, let's, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Will Dojan. I mean, listen... I don't, it's not like I have any beef with the guy. I just, there was an incident while we were there that I've never, clearly never let go. Um, And I had been there many more nights, many more weekends from what I remember than he was. And I always slept in the same spot. It was a bed, I believe it was a bed, or either the bed or the couch, one of the two. Um, And one night that first, I think it was the first night he was there, um, it was, uh, Wild, Miyagi, Alexander, uh, you, me, and Will Dojan. And this motherfucker claims the fucking bed. The bed that I've been sleeping in on, on these many, many of these fucking loops and won't get up. He's no, I'm sleeping here. I'm sleeping here. No, fuck you. You're not sleeping. I've been sleeping here. And I remember being so pissed that it was like four in the morning. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting, I'm going to get a hotel. I don't, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep. So I grabbed young, impressionable Randy Carver. I was like, we're leaving. So we, we drive to like this like Ramada Inn and we get a hotel at like four in the morning because I was so pissed that this guy thought he could come in and steal my spot 
that I, you know, I had seniority over it, I thought at least. Um, yeah, I was just, I was hot about it. And it's a funny memory now. It's I hilarious. I, just wanna, <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, that's, that's the funniest, that's the funny things that happen, like, when you're coming up, like, especially, like, in wrestling, like, funny, stupid shit like that will happen. What else you got up your sleeve for funny, stupid shit? Oh, man. Especially locally. That's, I don't I feel like a lot of our listeners are based in Maine, so I think they can, or they maybe they see us post about their shit anyway, so they can get a laugh out of it, but I don't know. In general, funny things that happen on the road. Um... <laughs> yeah, I remember. Well, I remember one time it was uh, me and me and the Roadblock versus um, Private Party, okay. <laughs> at IWM Brewer, and <laughs> I remember uh, we're tagging. No, so Private it was me, me and Roadblock for somebody else, and Mark Quinn was standing at the curtain. <laughs> he was sitting at the curtain, and he could hear everything that was going on in the ring. And I remember Roadblock tagged me in. And I got in, I started doing whatever I was doing, and then he was just standing there. And I said, I, I said, Robot, get the fuck out of the ring. And I called him, and I called him a name. I don't, I forget what I called him. But Mark, and Mark Quinn, he heard it. And till this day, I saw him, I saw him um, probably like six months ago at an Impact taping, and he brought it up. Like, it was, he, he thought it was so funny. Like, the shit with me tagging with Robot, man, like, there's so many stories, like, what was that like? Oh, just, God. Just like, give me it. Just, okay. What was that like? So we would cut promos in his fucking kitchen and, like, be on this, this, like, weird, like, linen for the background. And we'd be starting to cut the promos. And he would start He would start the promo. And he and he would be like... And he would say his piece. And then he'd be like, tell him, Ace, and smack me in the chest. And I would, <laughs> and I would say, I would kind of say, don't, please don't smack me in the chest. Uh, you can say, tell him, Ace, but you, just don't hit me in the chest. Um, so we start again. Ptolemy's wham! I said, "Do not fucking hit me in the chest." <laughs> we would cut, and we would do it again, and he would do it again. Wow! In the middle of his kitchen. So now we're fighting about this fucking promo that we can't do. Um, you know, it was crazy shit like that. You know, um, man, the Leatherheads was it was uh, an interesting part of my career but i don't i, I mean i don't want to ever never forget it i don't want to forget it because it was instrumental i think I, instrumental like i mean in some sense like it was during the time i was getting a lot of reps as a wrestler so but sometimes working with him would, would be so frustrating cuz i would say stuff and he would it's like he did that exact opposite <laughs> like i would clearly i would clearly lay a plan out for us for the match and then we get out there, and he would do like, the opposite. Like he was on a different, he was on a different planet. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you're not even on the same, you're not even on the same planet as us. I don't know what you're doing, but like, I'd get so, I'd be on the, the the buckle cussing at him and yelling shit at him, like just berating him, like what the fuck are you doing, like, like, <laughs> like it is stupid shit. But like, ah, God, those are looking back into the hilarious times. Like, you know, Roblox would still to this day say. Those times as us as Leatherheads were the best time of my career. <laughs> uh, he was on top of the world. Tag team champions. Two you times. Guys were two, two times. times. Um, man, IWE was, it was a trip. I remember when I first got booked there and like all the, like, the SLE Super Lucha guys were like, whoa, we heard you got booked for IWE. <laughs> um, 
Man, congrats, brother. Congrats. Like, you're going to the promised land. Like, yeah. This is the dance. It was. You know, and it was fucking fun. Like, it was awesome. Those loops, the Fairfield Brewer loops are so much fun. Mostly because, like, the hangouts afterwards. Like, yep. that, that made it, that made it the, the most fun. Friday into Saturday and then yep. Saturday at Jester's, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Who, uh, did you, and I feel like you must have... IWE would be like their consistent like model was bringing in some kind of name mostly like maybe every month every two months did you end up working anybody like big at the time when you were coming up through the ranks in IWE cuz um, that probably would have been a place where you wrestled like someone big for the first time yeah i think it was Tony Atlas was the first like and no been, shit at the fair yeah wow. i went on to wrestle Tony Atlas like a handful of times and and like <laughs> it was funny because after like the first match we had, and he'd be like, he'd say, "Oh man, I didn't, I, I didn't know you could work." Now, now, now I know. Next time we can do more stuff. We can, I'll do more with you because I know you're not gonna hurt me. And go. then the next time I'd wrestle him, we do the same fucking match, like <laughs> 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 classic Tony Atlas match. Yeah, uh, I do the same match. Uh, um, I remember I did. We brought in Just Incredible. And and he was gonna wrestle one of the Leatherheads, and surely I thought he was gonna wrestle me. And who did he wrestle? Rhodey. Ah, uh, yeah, yes, he did. Yeah. That was in Fairfield, right? Yep. Got to pop the hometown crowd. So that's the one bone that they threw roadblock was you're gonna wrestle just incredible in front of your hometown crowd. You're gonna beat the fucking tar out of you. Yeah. Jeez. I don't remember anything from that match other than I was at ringside, I believe, and I just incredible got in the ring for his entrance. And he started stomping around. He's like, man, this ring is fucking stiff. <laughs> I remember uh, Roadblock took a fucking flare on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it sounds in that right. match that was yeah. excellent. Yeah. He, was, he was working that night. Uh, man, I can't. Like, the IWE stuff, I never... It, I, I, we make fun of it or we poke fun at it, but it was definitely, like... It was literally the best. It was it was the best, but also it got me to understand wrestling more. And for for better or worse, like it got me to understand like if I want to be something in wrestling, I gotta I gotta leave I gotta leave this area. Yeah, I think at, it at, at, at the end, you know what I mean. When I started my run, Rant's course because I was there for probably like two years. Yeah, doing those shows. Uh, I think like for a lot of us who came out of a. And I feel like a lot of people have similar situations in their home areas, but like you have that place that you can kind of learn a lot from of the do's and don'ts and how to conduct yourself and how to do business. And you can kind of see the trial and error process in front of you without having to actually experience it yourself necessarily. So I think in in that sense, it's super beneficial to come from somewhere like that instead of... I, I don't know if you get those experiences in a place that has a shit together. You know what I mean? Right. You, you sometimes, not that it was bad, but you need to know, like, you need to realize what it's going to take by, if you want to be, you can stay here and wrestle with these guys on these shows and work once a month or you, you have to leave to yeah. get better. Um, because there was a ceiling, at least for me anyways. Like, I saw, I wanted more in wrestling um and nothing nothing wrong with that um i was like well if i'm gonna be here um i want to if i'm gonna stay here this is probably gonna be my ceiling so i need to call an audible and do something else yeah to make something happen right um let's talk about aew a little bit 
sure. your your soiree in the battle royal. Uh, how did that come to be? We don't have to we don't have to go over all the specifics that you've told everybody already. But yeah. uh, let's start with how it came to be. Um, do you feel that it came from anything specific happening? Was it the pounce that kind of made it happen for you? Yeah, I mean, I I think definitely the pounce made it. Uh, it made me um, stand out because uh, it it got a lot of traction. Um, so I think that was definitely uh, big for me. Um, it got a lot of eyes on me. Um, uh, Cody hit me up, and <laughs> it was kind of funny because like Cody hit me up. Um, this is around, I think this is around all in, um, when the pounce was going viral and, uh, he, he sent me a DM and he was like, can you do that pounce in a battle royal? And he was like, yeah, of course, you know, maybe if there's a, be better if people are catching the person. Um, <laughs> and then I, and then I didn't hear anything for like months. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. So like he was ghosts and then, then, uh, um, uh, and he's like, and then he texted, and he DM me again, like months later. He's like, he's like, uh, that, that pounce is pretty safe, right? Yeah, anyone can take it. And I was like, yeah, man, anyone can take it. Um, and nothing. Then I didn't hear, didn't hear anything. And then eventually, uh, he hit me up and he was like, um, keep this date open. And that was double or nothing, the first pay per view for all your wrestling. Um, and I was flabbergasted. I was like, holy shit. Like, um, and that was like, I want to say like, that was like really my first major like thing, um, with a major company. Um, cause I never did any extra WB, um, nothing like that. Never had any dark matches. Um, so I go to do that. So that comes time for the, the it's May, I think it's like May 25th or whatever. Um, <laughs> And I'm, I'm at this point, like, I'm so anxiety ridden because in my head, I'm like, I should never be here. Like, I, I, sh- I should, in my, after all like, the cool shit that I've done up until that point, I was like, man, I'm just an IWE guy. Like, I'm missing my head about shit. Like, I need, everything needs to be perfect. I need to make the right, make the right first impressions and da 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 da. Even though, like, I knew, like, half the, half the people that were going to be there on the show, um, I worked with most of them. Um, but I never met the Bucks ever, and um, you know I met Cody at um, a show in um, a couple shows in New Jersey, um, and so anyways, like I just go and <laughs> I go to like I'm like, I, I gotta get a suit. I'm like fuck, I need a suit. Like I need like and, and suits are expensive, and so I spend like seven hundred dollars on the suit. Christ. And <laughs> and um, I get. I get the suit, get everything, and um, I end up losing a little bit of weight before um, I go to to Las Vegas. Um, in between buying the suit and going to Las Vegas, I lost some weight. So I get there and I go to try the suit on um, the the morning of the show, and the, the belt's too big. Like it can't, I can't even like. It, so there's usually like four little things in the belt, four little holes. I, I was past that as far as tightening. I'm like shit, so I couldn't wear the belt. I, 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 I tried to I put it like on the last hole, and then it was like really loose still. 
I was like, I can't wear this. Like, I'm gonna do like I'm trying to smash holes through it, through it with like whatever I could find in the hotel. I was room. gonna say, did you consider fucking trying to? Bro, I considered everything. Like I was taking a silver from I'd the hotel room. I was gonna to say, it. I'd go down and say, hey, I need a fucking fork, or I don't know if I'm gonna supply you a knife at the front desk. But. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you so, got a shiv or something like that. But you? also, like I didn't, I stupidly I didn't try the suit on again until that morning. So I don't have a lot. Of, I don't, I don't, <laughs> that is a you know. I don't got a lot of time on my hands. Yeah. That's so tough maneuvering uh, at that point. So I fucking put the suit on and I'm not gonna wear the belt. Now the pants are too big. Obviously, now because I've lost a little bit of weight, so now the pants are really big. So I have them on and I got my gear bag. I'm sweating from the shower. You know, you take, you take a hot shower. You get those shower sweats after. They keep sweating and sweating and sweating. So I had the suit on. I got the suit jacket on, ready to go. Got my gear bag. Go downstairs in the elevator. I get to the lobby. I see about seven or eight guys, and nobody's wearing a suit. <laughs> I'm like, shit. So I contemplated going back upstairs and changing. So I'm like, damn, the suit doesn't even fit anyways. Like, whatever. Like, no, I'm, I, I got it. I paid the money. I want to make a good first impression. Um, <laughs> I walk into the building. I get, I get through security. Um, and uh, I think the first person I see is MJF. He's wearing a suit, obviously, so I didn't feel I didn't feel stupid. But everyone else was wearing jeans and shorts. Yeah. Um, so he was wearing a suit, and I said hello to him. Da da da, and I took the suit off. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I went to the yeah. ring. And then I went to the ring. So nobody even saw that I wore, wore the suit. Um, I was very very anxious that day. Anyways, um, I've never even watched the match back. To be honest, what? With you. never watched it back. Why don't you do that? Ah, uh, because I just felt my performance was poor. Really? Um, yeah. Um, and that spot, the pounce, like, didn't go over like it, it should have went over. Um, uh, and it's nobody's fault. It's just, like, what I, what I did that night in Buffalo, like, it was like catching lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? It's very hard to recreate that that spot. And that's what, yeah. they, want, that's what they wanted. Um, and it just didn't go off the way it should have went off. Um, but that's neither here nor there. It was a great experience. You know, I... It was crazy walking out of the tunnel. I was falling like Billy Gunn out of the tunnel, which is nuts. Yeah. You know, um, but all in all, great experience. Um, learned a lot. It was just really crazy. Like before before the show started, I walked into the arena and like I saw the set and I'm like, holy shit. And I see all the empty seats. And I'm like, oh, these are all going to be filled in about two hours. Um, yeah, it was crazy though. Um, great experience and I was happy to be there. What's your. Uh what are your goals right now? What do you What do you want to do? Mm. Where do you want to go? Well, you know, I've obviously I have goals and aspirations like everyone else. I would like to, you know, pop up at TV somewhere. You know, um, so we'll see what happens with that. Never say never. You know what I mean? I like to, you know, I want to keep things in the hush for now, and I'm working on some cool things. You know, so um, stay tuned as far as Zach's concerned. Um, but right now I'm just, I'm, I'm just enjoying the, right now in this period of time that I have, I'm enjoying the stress-free, just having fun. Like I used to hear like guys say, just go and have fun. Like the guys have been in 10 years, go, just go and have fun. And like, you don't like put so much, you put so much stress on yourself and you forget like this is your, this was your dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, now it becomes stressful. I said, no, this should be fun. Right now I'm having fun. That's what I want. That's what I wanted to have. I wanted to have after the year and a half that I've had and everyone else has had. Like, right. I just want to have fun. Um, yeah. But I have goals and I'm going to do my best to knock everything off my list. 